ಓಂ ನಮ ಶಿವಾಯ 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 ಅಯ ನಮ ಪಾರ್ವತಿ ಪತೇ ಹರ ಹರ So the third chapter of Gita is uh, very important because in this chapter Bhagavan reveals the philosophy of Karma Yoga, which is the first step in uh, spirituality. One who is established well in Karma Yoga will be able to attain the final state of enlightenment. at every step as a person progresses in his uh, spiritual journey the karma yoga also becomes more and more subtle karma yoga is there in our upasana karma yoga is there when we are perceiving even knowledge so at every level karma yoga is there so this is very important so this chapter begins with arjuna's question regarding the relationship between knowledge and karma because ultimately we can gain this state of enlightenment only through knowledge through wisdom what we call realization or enlightenment so what is the need for karma that was arjuna's question and that may be our question also that why we have to act especially if the action is very terrible then why there is need for action why not directly go into the path of knowledge why not directly meditate and realize the truth so bhagwan tells arjuna that this is not possible that there are these two fold path karma and jnana but that jnana is possible only after following the path of karma because karma yoga makes you ready for knowledge and without that readiness for knowledge 
knowledge is not possible. Knowledge means the realization is not possible. So karma yoga is the first step. You cannot take the second step without taking the first step. We cannot build a, a terrace of a building without having the foundation laid. So first we have to lay the foundation and slowly and steadily the goal is achieved. Bhagwan also says that just by not performing action or dropping all action, we cannot reach the state of enlightenment. Even if we sit for meditation and try not to act, that will not take us into the state of uh, realization. And also it is not possible. Even for a second, a person cannot remain without action. Prakriti will force us to act. And a person forcefully tries to prevent action from happening at the level of his body, suppresses action, and with his mind keep on thinking about the various uh, sense pleasure, or in his mind keep on acting. See, some people, they don't act physically, but in their mind they do the whole program. Sometimes we cannot do, sometimes we cannot act. We are tied down at one place, so in our mind only we go sightseeing, we do all the karmas and come back also. So, such a person who suppresses the bodily action and keep on indulging in various types of uh, imagination or pleasures with his mind, then such a person is called a mithyachari, a hypocrite. And Bhagavan says, it will not lead us such actions, such hypocrisy will not take us to our goal. So suppressing action is not the solution. Then what is the solution? What should we do? That is now revealed in the seventh verse. We'll chant the seventh verse. Yastvendriyani manasa Niyamyarabhaterjuna Karmendriyai Karma Yogam Asaktasa Vishishyate Yaha Yaha is a universal pronoun. Whoever, whoever the seeker is, whether a male, female, whoever, young, old, one who Indriyani manasa niyamya, controlling, disciplining the senses with the mind. Arabhate performs action. He Arjuna, karmendriyaihi, with the organs of action, karmendriya. And what type of action? Karma yogam, actions with the attitude of karma yoga. And how? Asaktaha, without any attachment. Such a person, vishishyate, savishishyate, he excels, he is much better than the hypocrite who tries to suppress action or one who tries to give up all action, tries to become as lazy as possible in the name of spirituality, better than such a person is one who performs action. 
But how does he perform action? By controlling the senses. Because the action should not be just haphazard. It should flow properly. Just like in a city also we have the traffic. So we cannot stop the traffic completely. But we can regulate the traffic. And we can discipline the traffic. Make it more convenient for not only those who are driving, but also those who are walking on the road. So it becomes more comfortable for everyone. Similarly, we have this energy within us, the prakriti, the force of our past, which is me which makes us desire, which makes us think, which makes us uh, act. So what we have to do is try to control it to a certain extent and then direct this whole energy in proper channel. So the senses are the main, uh, what you call, outlets from where all this energy gets dissipated. Our our organs of perception, our organs of action, through that only our desires get expressed. How do we know that our desires are there and they are getting expressed? Through the senses only. I have desire to see, I have desire to walk, uh, what you call talk, to, to eat, to touch. So all these desires get expressed through our senses. So Bhagwan says that controlling the senses with the mind, not suppressing, but with a, with proper understanding, with proper wisdom, one who controls the senses. We have seen in the, in the second chapter also, if you forcefully suppress the senses, then the taste of the pleasure remains. But if we sublimate this by giving it a higher altar, we discipline the senses, but at the same time give it a higher altar, then it becomes a better control. It is a better control of our senses. So by giving a proper goal to ourselves, by having proper direction in our life, when we control the senses, for example, a student is there who has got a goal of attaining good result or success in his exam, with that goal, he controls the senses and puts that energy in studies. Then he excels. But suppose he doesn't have any goal, simply forcefully control because somebody is pressurizing the person, then that is not good. Then he will keep on indulging in various types of imagination. So Bhagwan says that one who controls the senses with his mind and performs action with his karmendriyas, the hands, the legs, the speech and all, karmendriyahi karma yogam, karma yogam we saw in the last yajna also, there are five important steps in karma yoga. Do you remember? Okay. This is the first one. Samatva buddhi. Swadharma buddhi, Samarpan buddhi, Asanga buddhi, and Prasada buddhi. Very good. Otherwise, generally what happens, Age part and Piche sapat. 
we keep on studying ahead but we keep on forgetting what we have studied and the beauty of the gita will be understood when we comprehend it completely and remember everything hmm but even little bit is also not bad so one who performs his uh actions with this karma yoga attitude rather than suppressing bhagwan says that is better sab vishishyate so he totally rejects this idea about renouncing action or suppressing action and mentally keep on thinking about various uh, activities but he suggests that we have to perform action asaktah free from all attachment no attachment to the action no attachment to the goal i mean to the results of action free from action when we perform this action such a person excels then what happens that the what you call the the vasnas or the desires which are there they get exhausted and the mind start becoming more and more calm more and more peaceful just as the if you try to stop the traffic of the city then there is lot of agitation but if you divert the top uh, traffic make it more discipline then everyone is happy similarly if you try to suppress the desires our personality will become unhappy rather than that express your de- desires in proper channel let it get expressed through proper activity then slowly and steadily the mind will start becoming more and more calm and more and more peaceful the same idea is revealed now in a more elaborate way in the next verse niyatam kuru karmatvam कर्मज्ञायो य कर्मणः शरीरयात्रा पिचते न प्रसिद्धेद कर्मणः हां भगवान यर सेज दैट नियतम कुरु कर्मत्वम बट व्हाट टाइप ऑफ एक्टिविटीज वी शुड परफॉर्म we should perform niyata karma niyata is a technical word it means obligatory duties what we have seen before as swadharma obligatory duties what we are obliged to do as a human being we are obliged to perform certain actions they are called the niyata karma they may not have any particular result but they have to be performed for the maintenance of harmony within us and around us there are certain obligatory duties which are there towards our own personality towards our own body our mind our own personality it is our duty to take care of ourselves we should not wait for others to come and take care of ourselves it is our duty to take care of our body because we are obliged we make use of our body body is very helpful for us body is the first 
साधन ऑन द पाथ ऑफ स्पिरिचुअलिटी सो वी हैव टू टेक केयर ऑफ अवर बॉडी अवर सेल्फ सेल्फ रिलायंस इज वेरी इंपॉर्टेंट सो माई ऑब्लिगेशन माई ऑब्लिगेटरी ड्यूटी टूवर्ड्स माई बॉडी इज टू कीप इट हेल्दी टू फीड इट प्रॉपरली टू कीप इट नीट एंड क्लीन सिमिलरली आई हैव माई ड्यूटी टूवर्ड्स माई ओन माइंड कीप इट हेल्दी फीड इट विद गुड इमोशंस इफ आई डोंट फीड इट विद गुड इमोशंस द माइंड विल स्टार्ट ईटिंग नेगेटिव इमोशंस बिकॉज माइंड इज हंगरी फॉर इमोशंस जस्ट एज अवर बॉडी बिकम्स हंगरी फॉर गुड फूड एंड इफ गुड फूड इज नॉट अवेलेबल देन इट स्टार्ट इंडल्जिंग इन ऑल सॉर्ट्स ऑफ बैड फूड ऑल्सो सिमिलरली द माइंड इट रिक्वायर्स लव इट रिक्वायर्स कंपैशन इट रिक्वायर्स केयर इट रिक्वायर्स काइंडनेस and who is the one who to give this to us the ourself first those who don't love themselves others also don't feel inspired to love them many times we don't love ourselves and expect love from others so we have to love ourselves our own mind give it great compassion and care and take care of it by cultivating good emotions emotions of of forgiveness emotion our values of uh, of uh, non violence of compassion then that love i mean mind feels very very fulfilled and satisfied such a mind will not go here and there begging see just like our pet dog or cat or something if we feed that pet properly it will not go begging in the neighborhood right similarly our mind if it is fed with proper love and compassion by ourselves it will not go begging for this emotions with others it will be more fulfilled then i will interact with the world not out of incompleteness but out of completeness similarly we have our duty towards our own intellect to provide proper information knowledge and wisdom to our own intellect cultivate it make it good so that it it learns to to discriminate to take proper decisions in life to understand what is right and wrong to understand what is good and bad to be able to 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 look into the future to be able to judge what type of life we should lead all this because the intellect is like a chariot it should be trained just like we when we hire a driver we see that he is properly trained we just don't pick up anybody similarly the intellect is one who is driving the chariot of our life so we should train the intellect properly take it to good school give it good information through books through satsang that is the obligatory duty which we have towards ourselves 
create some discipline in our life of of waking up of sleeping of eating of interacting with the world certain discipline should be created in our life shaucha santosh tapas swadhyay ishvar pranidhan cleanliness some austerity a contentment a self study and dedicating ourselves to god certain discipline in our life then we have our obligatory duty towards our family why are we obliged towards family because we benefit from our family so we are obliged to give in return and what is our obligation to keep the family united to maintain harmony in the family it requires teamwork so to maintain harmony then we have our obligation towards our society in which we are living we can't neglect the society we have to take care of the environment of the of the what you call the roads the electricity the trees the birds the environment which are there i am obliged to Oh, take care of this environment that is also my obligatory duty niyata karma then there is some obligation towards my own country because the country is one which supports me which gives me all the various benefits so it is my duty towards there is lot of duty towards the country similarly there is duty towards the entire world i am a citizen of this world i have obligation towards the world i cannot say who cares what is happening in uh, some other country i have obligation i have obligation towards environment i cannot dirty the water i cannot dirty the uh, the air it is my duty to keep it clean not to spoil it so this this is the vast meaning of that word niyata obligatory duties i am obliged to do if i am living in this world if i don't want to do then i have to vacate the world hmm it's like suppose uh, uh, like they have na once i had gone for that uh, what is it called water rafting Hmm. some youngsters from uh, 10 12 of us and everyone has got a duty to do everyone has to do something there otherwise the whole thing will go haywire hmm. we cannot say i will just relax and you do the work no so all of us we have our obligatory duty to be done so that is called the swadharma or the or the niyata karma so niyata kuru karmatvam in bhagavad gita bhagwan uses various term to indicate this niyata karma he also uses the term in the same chapter we will see swadharma in other chapters bhagwan calls it sahaja karma hmm sahajam karma kaunteya sadosham api natyajet so various uh, terminologies are used but it means obligatory duties so niyatam kuru karmatvam 
हे अर्जुन यू हैव टू परफॉर्म योर नियत कर्म बिकॉज कर्म झायो यर्मण कर्म द एक्शन इज फार मोर सुपीरियर देन नॉन एक्शन देन लेजीनेस देन नॉन परफॉर्मेंस बिकॉज एक्शन इज द वेरी इनसिग्निया ऑफ लाइफ लाइफ इज expressing as action non performance of action will lead you to death only action is very important and this action we find happening in the world everywhere so dropping your action is not an option and sometimes we are placed in a particular situation and there we have to perform that action whether we like it or not See, even if you look at nature, there are birds who fly. They fly fly in a particular formation. Some of the birds in a V shape. Eh? So that bird in front, that bird has got the duty of uh, leading the whole uh, whole team. Hmm. In others, they just flap their wings and go behind. But after some time, that bird also feels tired. It comes. behind and start flying and another bird takes up that job and start flying and all these thing happen automatically spontaneously and without any ego hassles and all yeah i want to be a leader why are you making that bird the leader no fight no conflict and all all the thing happens there is no uh, the bird doesn't feel great leading nor does it feel low following the other bird it's just part of life and it makes the life more harmonious similarly each one of us we are placed in life at a particular point particular spot and from that point we have certain obligation to be fulfilled so just fulfilling those obligation properly with proper attitude is called karma yoga it's not some rocket science just living where we are and performing our duties in proper way so niyatam kuru karmatvam karma jhayo yha karmanah karma is far more superior than inaction or laziness bhagwan gives one more reason he says that sharira yatra pichate na prasiddhet akarmanah even you will not be able to maintain your body without action even to maintain body we require to perform action we may have lot of servants around we may have other people to do our work but even then we have to do some work ourselves also even if we have people around ultimately body can be maintained if we ourselves do something hmm at least some minimum work walking we have to do ourselves talking we have to do eating we have to we cannot say i have employed lot of servants to eat for me because i have got this problem so i like i like uh, sweets but doctor has suggested not to eat too much sweet so i employed one nice pandit ji who eats lot of sweets for me you can't say like that we have to do our own work mahatma gandhi ji used to say that whatever little 
I mean, every day, whatever we have to do, we have to do it ourselves. Become more and more self-reliant. So, sharira yatra pichate na prasiddhed akarmani. Akarmanaha. Not only body, but it is difficult to maintain the harmony in a family if a person doesn't work properly. Actually, the one who is not performing duty, his or her duty, creates imbalance in the society. Even in our body, all the organs are there. Any organ which doesn't perform its duty creates imbalance in the, in the body. It creates more pressure for other organs. And slowly the other organs also becomes weak and fail. Only one organ is enough to destroy the entire body completely. One lazy organ. Even our eye. Even if one eye becomes lazy, the other, other eye has to function more and a person becomes little squint-eyed. Okay? Lazy eye it is called. He doesn't do his work. So, sharira yatra pichate na prasiddhed akarmanaha. Therefore, here Arjuna, you have to perform this action. You can't avoid action. Okay, we have to perform this action, but how should we perform this action? What should be our attitude behind performing this action? That is also very important. So, what type of action? Niyata karma. But how we should perform this niyata karma, that is the most important and that is revealed now in the next verse. Yadnyarthat karmano nyatra Lokoyam karma bandhanaha Tadartham karma kaunteya Mukta Sangha Samachara Yadnyarthat Karmanonyatra Lokoyam Karmabandhanaha Bhagavan says Lokoyam Karmabandhana In this world Karma can create bondage Person can get entangled in karma It's possible that one gets entangled in various types of action. And that is what we find generally. All action leads to some complexities and some bondage. Except the actions which are performed for yadnya. Yadnyarthat karmanaha anyatra. Except for yadnya, uh, karmas which are performed for yadnya, all karmas lead to bondage. First of all, what is the meaning of yadnya? Yadnya is a very technical word. Yadnya, that word has come from that dhatu ija, means to worship or to offer. In the good old days, they used to perform this yadnya where fire was kindled and the ahutis were offered. Nowadays what we do is we have murtis and all, we invoke the presence of God and we offer flowers. So what we mean by puja in the modern time is meant by this word yadnya. 
Yajna implies that there is an altar and it implies action and it implies dedication. Actions when they are performed with an attitude of dedication to a higher altar, it is called Yajna. Hmm. Yajna doesn't mean that we have to kindle fire and then offer. It's a it's a symbolism, symbolic representation of dedicated action to a higher altar. Therefore, the term Yajna also means Yajna by Vishnu. Vishnu means that all pervading reality is called Yajna. And action is also called Yajna. And dedication is also called Yajna. Hmm. So, actions which are dedicated to our higher altar doesn't bind us. But all other action can cause lot of bondage. How actions cause lot of bondage? See, we perform action. Generally, if the actions are arising from desires, from our likes and dislikes, then those action causes more and more uh, complications only in our life. If I am propelled by some intense desire for performing action, and when those desires are fulfilled, I like to, I, I become greedy to gain more results. So it leads to greed. Last time also I had explained. So with Kamana, if I perform action, it leads to greed. And there is, a, there is obstruction in the action or fulfillment of action, then it leads to anger or frustration. If I get more than the other person, then I become little proud. If I get less than the other person, I become jealous. All these create confusion in my mind. Hmm. Moha. So, Kama, Krodha, Lobha, Moha, Madha, Matsar. All these negativities are born in my mind. And I become more and more frustrated and more and more bound by the complexities of my own mind. Also, when I indulge in action, I get attached to the action, I get attached to the people around, I get attached to the results of action. It creates bondage. Hmm. Ordinary actions. All of us, we must have experienced that we are tied down somewhere or other by actions only. Ye karna hai. All these are nothing but bondage of action. We feel a need for this, for doing something, achieving something. But if our actions are dedicated to a higher altar, the highest altar is God. If we dedicate our action to, let us say, to the society, or we dedicate our actions to the welfare of the community, or welfare of the nation, or if we dedicate our action to the welfare of the whole world, if we dedicate our action to the life principle in the entire world, then my selfishness is, is almost nil, almost zero. And when my selfishness is zero, that action doesn't bind me. 
when I am selfishly attached to the action, that action binds me. Hmm. See, as we go along, lot of psychology of action will get revealed, little by little, trickle by trickle. Then you have to put them all together. Hmm. They are like jigsaw puzzle. So, one piece at a time will be revealed, but then we have to assemble all these pieces together. So, all actions lead to bondage except those actions which are performed as an offering to a higher altar. That is called yadnya. So, if I am doing my, what you call, taking care of my body, my mind and intellect, that also I am doing for the for the welfare of the world or for attaining that highest goal of enlightenment. If my, all these actions are dedicated ultimately to the state of enlightenment, they will not bind me. Then I will not get attached to little, little things of this world. If I am taking care of my family also with that attitude that the whole family is like a dedication to the totality, that we are a part of this cosmos, just like a cell in the body is part of the entire body, is dedicated to the entire body. Similarly, our family is dedicated to the welfare of the society. Then one doesn't get bound to the family. In the same way, if we treat the society as well as the nation as a higher altar, and dedicate our action, it will make us more and more calm, more and more peaceful, more and more relaxed. The fear, the tension, the pride, the jealousies of my mind will go away. Hmm. Because all of us are working towards the same higher altar, then the, all these negativities will go away. Another meaning of this word, yadnya, since it is dedication to a higher altar, lot of people can work together for this higher altar. So it also means that a teamwork, people coming together without their ego and egocentric desires, working for a higher goal. When we work in this way, our mind of all this team becomes more and more pure and we become fit to attain the supreme state of enlightenment. So therefore Bhagavan says, hey Arjuna, that action performed with yadnya bhav, that is the, uh, with offering to the higher altar, will not bind. So tadartham karma kaunteya mukta sangas samachara. So perform action with that yadnya attitude free from all attachment and perform your actions well. Samachara means samyak achara. Perform your duties well for a higher altar. More psychology about this yajna will be revealed as we go along. Very interestingly, Bhagavan tells the psychology behind this yajna. We will see when we come to it. He says that you perform your duties well with this yajna attitude, free from all attachment. He kaunteya. That is the best way to live in this world. Hmm. Mind will start becoming more and more pure, 
and you will become more and more efficient also. See, many people feel that uh, if we follow this path of karma yoga, we might become inefficient. But it is not true. The attitude of karma yoga will make a person most efficient. Because non-karma yoga attitude creates all sorts of inefficiency in our life. So, tadartham karma kaunteya mukta sangas samachara. Now, the question is, that what is so great about this yadnya? Why perform action with this attitude of dedication to the higher altar? What is the psychology behind it? That is very beautifully revealed now in the next verse. Sahayadnya praja shrishtva Purovacha prajapatihi Anena prasavishadvam Yesha vostvishta kamadhuka Sahayadnya prajashrishtva Here Bhagavan tells a story. He says that when this creation happened, when the great creator, Prajapati means the creator, when he created this world, he created this world along with yadnya, along with this yadnya bhavana or yadnya attitude, attitude of dedication. The entire world is created with this yadnya attitude. We will see how it is. And after creating this world, that Prajapati told all beings, Purovacha Prajapati, he said, Ki anena prasavishyadvam, O all beings, you follow this path of yadnya, perform your actions with yadnya attitude, and this will be like your wish-fulfilling cow. You will be able to fulfill all your desires and progress in life, prosper in your life by following this path of yadnya. Now this is like a fantastic story. Hmm. A beautiful story. So let us try to see the way the whole cosmos functions. Or before we go to the cosmos, let us try to see how our own body functions. See, it is said, Yatha Pinde Tatha Brahmande, that whatever is there in our own body is there in the entire world. What is there in one unit is there in the entire cosmos. If we look at our own body, we find that it is working in the most complex way, but in the most harmonious way also. There are millions and millions of cells in our body. There are various types of what you call organs in our body. I also don't know how many organs and where they are. Though I am using my body every day, but where they are located and what they are doing exactly and how they are functioning, I don't know. 
so there are so many organs are there so many bones so many blood what you call those vessels and these uh, veins and arteries and uh, all sorts of capillary system and so many things are happening in the body and we find that each and every cell is busy working now if we look at one cell and find the activity of that cell we will find that cell is working for whom is it working for itself for whom is it working that cell is working it is dedicating or entire its life and entire action for the sake of the entire body it's very strange sort of mechanism or very fantastic mechanism which is there each and every cell each and every organ is functioning for the welfare of the entire body they have dedicated their action for the body when the organs start dedicating their action for themselves then complications start arising in the body a very healthy body functions in a way of yajna only every cell is dedicating it dies for the sake of the body works and dies for the sake of the body and when each and every cell works in this way it benefits the body but also very interesting benefits every cell when the body is alive the cells also benefit in ramayan tulsi raj ji says that even a king should function according to this body he says the king should be like the mouth that all the food comes in the mouth the mouth achieves uh, the food hmm makes it very soft and all and then it goes to the body and it is distributed to all the various limbs and parts of the body each according to their need sometimes certain organ requires more food more uh, what you call energy and all then that is supplied to that organ other organ doesn't say nahi unhi ko kyun dete ho humne itna chaba chaba ke kha liya aur you are not giving me what is this the teeth doesn't complain the tongue doesn't complain but when the teeth works and the tongue works and the food is digested the teeth and the tongue also benefit from this if the food is kept only in the mouth the mouth will suffer but when it dedicates this action to the entire body the body becomes healthy and the teeth and the tongue also benefits this is how the nature works we find that all the different beings are also functioning in with an interdependency is there there is an interdependency if one even one type of species get extinct so many other species suffer because of that there is an interdependency it is as though this species is dedicating itself to the other species that species dedicating itself to the some other species there is this food chain and food cycle and all is there it is said that what you call even if you pluck a flower in a poetic way it is said it will disturb the distant star even the star is somehow related to the flower so if you observe nature 
we find that nature has got this way of functioning. It is not, all are not separate unit. Every unit is dedicated to all. So, a, a formula you should remember, uh, each for all and all for each. Or one for all and all for one. That is how nature functions. All for one and that one for all. That is called Yadne Bhavana. Yadne Bhavana means all for one and one for all. You are understanding what I am saying? So when I live in this world with that type of attitude, performing my obligatory duties for a higher altar, for for that Supreme Lord who is pervading this entire cosmos, who is called the Devata. That word Devata also will come. So, Sahayadnya Praja Shrishtva Purovacha Prajapatihi. So, as though the Creator, after creating this world with that Yadnya Bhavana, He told, as though He told all the beings that you live in this world with this Yadnya spirit and you will prosper you will be fulfilling all your desires. And this yatna spirit, we find it most beautifully expressed in a human birth. If we see our society, if we see our nation, we will find that wherever there is progress, wherever there is prosperity, wherever there is harmony, you will find yatna spirit working there. When each and every citizen of the society works together, dedicating their action for the country without having any selfishness or selfish motives and all, then the country prospers. And when the country prospers, the individuals also prosper. So it's a, this attitude is what Bhagwan says that you have to cultivate. That live for the totality and totality will take care of you. If you live for yourself, if you become more and more selfish, then you will suffer, you will perish, totality will destroy you. But if you live with an attitude of dedication to the totality, it will take care of you. So, anena prasavishyadvam eshavostvishta kamadhuka, this will become like your wish-fulfilling cow. So, there was this cow with uh, uh, Vashishta Rishi, which could give anything, whatever you desire, that cow is to give. So here Bhagwan calls this yajna attitude itself as wish-fulfilling cow. Teamwork, cooperative endeavor, modern terms, huh? synergy, all these terms we use. These are all nothing but yajna bhavana only, said in different way in management uh, terms. Work together as a team and you will succeed in any endeavor you take. So, yesha vostvishta kama dukha. So, how exactly it works? How it will benefit me? Bhagwan explains this now in the next verse. Devan bhavayatanena Te deva bhavayantuvaha. Te deva bhavayantuvaha. 
परस्परं भावयन्तः श्रेय परमवाप्स्यथ भगवान सेज दैट विथ दिस यज्ञ यू नरीश द देवतास देवान भावयतान अनेन विथ दिस यज्ञ यू नरीश द देवतास एंड देन व्हाट विल हैपन ते देवाह भावयंतु वह दोस देवतास विल नरीश यू देन व्हाट विल हैपन परस्परम भावयंत इन दिस वे नरिशिंग ईच अदर बोथ ऑफ यू विल एटेन श्रेय द सुप्रीम गुड श्रेय परम वाप्यथ यू विल एटेन द सुप्रीम गुड नाउ यर द मीनिंग ऑफ द वर्ड देव शुड बिकम क्लियर देन द होल वर्ड्स विल बिकम क्लियर द मीनिंग वन मीनिंग ऑफ दट वर्ड देव मीन्स दैट विच इल्यूमीन्स द्योतनाथ देव दैट विच इल्यूमीन्स मीन्स दैट विच हैज गॉट कॉन्शियसनेस एंड विच इल्यूमीन्स और विच विच एक्सप्रेसिज एज लाइफ विच एक्सप्रेसिज एज सम एनर्जी और पावर इज ऑल्सो इज कॉल्ड देवता इन वन उपनिषद टॉक्स अबाउट various uh, devatas so there the rishi says that there is one main devata that devata alone expresses as two expresses as three expresses as five expresses as eight expresses as 33 expresses as 33 crores like in our body how many life is there in our body how many life is there only one life is there but that same life expresses in millions of ways in millions of these cells in our body similarly there is that one devata who is that supreme brahma who expresses in this world as the cosmic intelligence whom we call hiranyagarbha the life principle that is one devata he is the one who express as the very life of all beings as the intelligence behind everyone and everything in this world he is called that one devata hmm see if you again observe the nature we find that there is intelligence which is working behind everything what we observe like i talked about those birds which are flying there is some intelligence one bird is not intelligence but there is some intelligence which is functioning through all these birds in a very harmonious way which makes them function efficiently the birds not only know where they are going but they also know unconsciously what is the destination from where they have come and what is their destination and how to fly there and what are the various obstacles which might come and how to overcome them everything they unconsciously they know there is some intelligence or you take a tiny little ant that ant is made up of matter only 
Sometimes people crush ants or they crush the mosquitoes and all. What do you get? Nothing but matter. Some of them removed from your own body. Mm, so much blood. So what is it? Matter. But when that uh, that uh, mosquito is functioning, it functions with great intelligence. It knows exactly where you are sleeping. It knows exactly where is your nose. It comes and bites it accurately. Like So there is an intelligence behind even a tiny little mosquito or an ant which guides them. Yesterday I gave the example of those ant hills. So ant hills, all these ants are working in a perfect harmony. That's called yadnya. Huh? If you want to learn yadnya spirit, you can learn from the ants. One can learn from the honeybees. We can learn from nature. From, from the birds, from the fish, from so many other creatures of this world. So we find that intelligence is there which is expressing through them. Same intelligence is expressing through us in our senses, in our mind, in our intellect. That cosmic intelligence is called Hiranyagarbha and that cosmic intelligence is also called the one Devata whom we call Ishvara. Hiranyagarbha is expression of Ishvara only. So, Ishvara as Hiranyagarbha is that one Devata who express as all the five elements, Akash, Vayu, Agni, Jal and Prithvi. So, these five elements are also called Devatas. Then the same Hiranyagarbha expresses through the heavens, means outer space, through the sun and the moon. So, the sun, moon, outer space, they are also called Devatas. The same Hiranyagarbha expresses as our breath, as a prana. So the pranas, the life force in my body is also called Devata. Hmm. So here when we say that we have to dedicate our actions through a higher altar to the Devata, it is like dedicating our action to this intelligence which is functioning through each and every one of us. We may not be able to comprehend it completely, but to whatever degree we can comprehend, we can dedicate. Even in a family which, which there is a devta which holds that family together. Kula devata, graha devata. It is that intelligence which holds the family together, which cannot be seen. It is not an individual intelligence. But it is something which is subtler, which holds the family together. So when you dedicate your action to that intelligence, it will keep the family together. Similarly, there is a devata who holds the society integrated. And that devata is propitiated when we perform our action without selfishness. When we do not have in us, when we don't express anger and jealousies, and, and uh, ulterior motives in our action, then this devta gets propitiated. And when this devta gets propitiated, goodness, prosperity happens automatically. This is a subtler point. 
and this is the way it is expressed so yes it is said that uh, you perform this action and propitiate this devata which are not seen but they are there hmm means dedicate your action to a higher altar then those devatas will also nourish you you will also get nourishment energy enthusiasm strength power intelligence from this devatas also our pujya gurudev is to talk about this devatas are there even in a factory or in a company hmm there is a devata of a company so when all each and every worker in their company dedicate their action for this devata for the welfare of the devata then devata also is pleased and the whole company prospers hmm so one can gain this prosperity not directly but by propitiating these devatas and these devatas propitiate you in turn puja gurudev is to tell a beautiful story to convey this uh, thought very beautifully is to say that there was this once there was this party in the heavens the devatas and the asuras were given a party and vishnu bhagwan thought that let me just give a party to both this but then those uh, he thought that if they are together they might fight so let us separate them and have a separate uh, arrangement made so he made the arrangement but just for fun he thought that let us see because in party also we should have some fun na so he said that i will uh, what to call make your elbow stiff you will not be able to bend so he made the elbow stiff of both the devatas and the asuras but he made all arrangement of everything food wonderful food tasty but the elbows were stiff then he decided let us go and see what the asuras are doing so asuras were struggling to eat gulab jamun was there but they could not eat it some tried to throw it in air and tried to catch it and all and there was a big mess there hmm they could not eat properly and big chaos and noise and all and they were cursing this vishnu bhagwan ki they are keeping a party and this what is this nonsense then he went to see what the devatas are doing and there everything was happening very smoothly two devatas were sitting face to face and this one devata was feeding the other devata and that devata was feeding him give me that gulab jamun yes <laughs> let me eat that paneer pakode yeah <laughs> so like that feeding each other they they nourished each other they nourished each other similarly yajna attitude is a strange thing by performing your karmas dedicating to some higher altar you get nourishment from that altar indirectly not eating directly but eating indirectly 
and that is how the world is made in the good old days father when he used to come from office he used to bring chocolate and give it to his children na nowadays also they do i think suppose two children are there he will bring one chocolate or one that cadbury and all and give it to the elders elder child and tell him that both of you share and eat this and they used to share sometimes very accurately like so through this we also learn the art of sharing but nowadays we try to give everything separate this is your chocolate this is your chocolate and that we see in every level of our life that is totally against yajna ha huh. we are taught in the society especially now modern society to live a more and more individualistic life i me and myself three important people in my life i me and myself i should do everything for myself i should think about myself i should talk about myself and don't care for others but yajna says you care for the other person let the other person care for you in this way both of you will attain fulfillment in life because life is not individual life is a unit life is a uh, what you call a perfect harmony life is an orchestra so in an orchestra we find different musical instrument being played together but there is one conductor who guides them in a beautiful way suppose everyone feels that no no hum to apna bajayenge hum tabla bajayenge hum apna chahe waisa bajayenge then there is big noise but if everyone is controlled by one conductor and they play they play to their heart's content and there is beautiful music is uh, produced so yajna is yajna attitude is this orchestra is a team work is cooperative endeavor performing action to an higher altar and that higher altar nourishes us in in turn even in our body we have to keep performing action for the welfare of the entire body not for the welfare of any one particular organ if we do for example eating drinking and all it should be done for the sake of the entire body if i eat only for giving joy to my tongue it will cause trouble for me if i function only to give joy to my eyes it will cause trouble if my eyes ears nose everything function for the welfare of the entire personality then that personality will maintain those organs also very neatly properly so that is called yajna attitude it's a very deep and very beautiful attitude which bhagwan is revealing here so he says devan bhavayatane na te deva bhavayantu vah you nourish the devatas and the devatas will nourish you and in this way parasparam bhavayantah shreya param vapsyata you will attain supreme goodness in your life you will attain peace and harmony 
and finally you will attain the state of realization. Unless we attain harmony with the world, I cannot think of attaining the state of realization. Unless I am in tune with the world properly, I will not be able to go into that state of meditation. It's very important. Further, Bhagavan says, Ishtan bhogan hivo devaha Dasyante yadnya bhavitaha Tairdattana pradayebhyah Yo bhongte stena evasah हाँ इष्टान भोगान ही वो देवाहा दास्यंते यत्न्य भाविताहा when those devatas are fulfilled when those devatas are pleased by your yatnya by this action performed with an yatnya attitude the devatas when they become fulfilled and pleased then they will of they will give you ishtan bhogan desired objects or your uh, uh, desires will be fulfilled and you will feel that great sense of satisfaction and peace and one who enjoys this whatever is given by the devatas yo bhungte one who enjoys the results of his action or what is given by the devatas Without offering back to the devatas, without performing this yadnya, one who just takes from the devatas, Bhagavan calls such people thieves. Stena evacha saha. One who says that I will not do any work, but I will just take benefits from, from everything. I will not do, but I will take benefit. See, even if one person is not working, suppose a team is working, one person is not working, but because of the team, the result comes, and this one fellow says that I will just, I will just Then Bhagwan calls such a person a thief. One who lives in the society, one who lives in a family, one who lives in this world, without fulfilling his part of duty, his obligation and just takes the benefit from the society, from the family, from nature, Bhagavan says he is a thief. Stena evasaha. He is taking things which do not belong to him. If I am taking something from nature, I have to contribute to nature. If I am taking something from my body, then I should contribute to my body. If I am taking something from the family, I, my contribution should also be there for the family. Then only I can take. See, some people have the different uh, system. You might be knowing more about it, but like some, what you call, in the kitty parties and all people, I think so, huh? They put some money, and then after some time all this money gets collected, they have a party. But in that party everyone can participate. 
But there are some people who do not contribute and just want to come for the party, then that is not fair, that is not proper. Some try to do that, but that is not fair. And they will be able to take it also, nobody may uh, recognize, but that is not fair. Similarly, Bhagavan says here, one who enjoys the benefit which one gains from the prosperity of his own body or the society or family or the nation, without contributing for that nation, he is a thief. That is not proper. Stena eva saha. So, we should contribute, we should offer. And these devatas, in various forms, they fulfill our desires. We, we progress in our path. Whichever be our goal, whichever be our path, we keep on progressing by getting this benefit from nature, from this, from this unknown sources. So, this is the best way to live in this world. So, ishtan bhogan hivo devaha dasyante yadne bhavita. Dasyante means they give, they offer, they almost do seva of those who worship them. So, this world functions in a very strange way, in a very, very subtle way. So, we offer our actions to this subtle or this uh, um, this called unseen devata and those devatas take care of us. So, tair dattan apradayabhya yobhungte stena evasaha. But on the other hand, Bhagavan says in the next verse, yadnya shishta sena santaha Muchante sarva kilbishaihi. Bunjate tetvagham papaha. Ye pachantyatma karanat. Yadnya shishtasina santaha. But those good people, righteous people, who perform their actions with yadnya bhavana, and then they enjoy the results of this action, which comes in various ways. So, such people, they become free from all their impurities. Muchyante sarva kelbishaihi, one who maintains this attitude of performing one's action dedicated to a higher goal, they get the benefit and, but at the same time, their minds start becoming more and more calm and peaceful. One feels a great sense of satisfaction, great sense of calmness and peace comes in our heart. A great joy manifests in the heart when we live in this way. But on the other hand, bhunjate te tvagham papaha. Ye pachanti atma karanat. But those people who live in this world selfishly, without contributing, they just keep on taking or doing things for their own sake, for satisfying their own ego and egoistic desires, without caring for the society, without caring for the nature, without caring for others, only for their selfishness, 
a person who lives in this world, Bhagavan says, they are eating sin. Bhunjate tu agam papaha. They are eating as though sin. They are, they are cooking and eating sin only. Sin means they are creating more and more impurities in their mind. So here Bhagavan is talking about selflessness, performing action. He doesn't, he says that you should not lead a life of inaction. You should perform your duties, obligatory duties, but these duties should be performed with yajna bhavana, dedicated it to the higher altar. And by this you gain your nourishment from the devatas. And in this way, if you live, your mind will start becoming more and more pure and ultimately you will attain the state of complete fulfillment or enlightenment. So this yajna bhavana itself is called in modern language, you can say that we should work as worship. Swami Vivekananji is to express this karma yoga as work, as worship. It's a worship only. And in worship what happens, we invoke the presence of God and then we offer the various uh, various things. But whatever we offer to the Lord, ultimately it comes back to us only. What is the difference between laddu and prasad? When we go to the market to buy the laddus, we don't say prasad de do, we say laddu de do. We buy one kg, two kg, whatever. Then we offer those to the Lord. And when we get them back, we call them prasad. So what is, what has changed? Those are laddus only. But what has changed in them? What has changed? They are, they are looking the same as when we bought, bought them. But now, they have come back from God as though. Ne? So they are called Prasad. When I make something, let us say at home I make first class some uh, halwa and eat it myself, then that is called halwa. But when I make it and offer it to the Lord and then take it back, then it is called Prasad. Prasad purifies our mind. Halwa doesn't purify our mind. Similarly, when we work for ourselves, then that is called selfish work. But when we work for the Lord, for a higher altar, and when the result comes, that result is called prasad. And one who eats this prasad, one who lives by the nourishment of this prasad, he, full, he becomes free of all impurities. That's called yajna shishta. See what we mean by prasad in yajna, it is called yajna shishta. That which remains, remnants of yajna. So it's prasad only. So one who lives by the nourishment of prasad becomes free of all his impurities. But one who works selfishly in this world without contributing to the welfare of the world, only think of his own self and his own ego and his own egoistic desire, such people, Bhagavan says, they are eating sin. 
they are creating more and more impurities for themselves and ultimately they will go into more and more suffering and bondage only. I think this is enough for today. We will see the other shlokas tomorrow. Thank you.